You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl Janan right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now so what is good y'all i hope everybody has been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal week so far speaking of phenomenal weeks i mean honestly to me i mean i don't know about y'all but to me it feels like the last episode of tko that we did was literally yesterday i don't even know how this entire week went by even though i mean from from my own uh, perspective anyways i was personally very incredibly busy to the extent that i would just tell my friends like honestly what what is the day again today like it just feels like yesterday and the day before that and the day before but honestly in all positivity like i don't i don't mean to say it in a negative way and that okay you know what like repetition whatever boredom no not at all uh actually in a very positive way because you know you're even though you're like on your work grind it is you're busy too but you're a good busy yes you're working hard but it's all good, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're you're hustling, you got your, um, uh, like, uh, soothing activities on the side too, and, uh, you know, especially if you're passionate about the work that you're doing, like, the time literally flies by, so uh, I really hope that uh, you do get, you are currently experiencing that, or you try to apply some principles of that into your future tasks and whatnot um, uh, for, for the upcoming week, at least. So, yeah, I mean, personally, I just feel like this whole week never even happened. And you know what? I think the weather definitely has to play a huge part in it as well. If you If you live in southern Ontario, you're like... You, you woke up probably today, you're like, oh, okay, no, great, you know, just like some, some good old day in June 2022, and you walk out the door, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I think I'm in Florida, I think I got teleported to Florida, because that's how... <laughs> That's how humid and hot it's been today. And uh, actually, for the first time, I think, I mean, arguably for the first time this year, I actually not only turned on the AC in my house, but also turned on the fan in my room. Um, <laughs> so I really hope that, I mean, see, like the microphones that we use for TKO are pretty sensitive. Awesome. But I hope they're not sensitive enough to pick up the sound of the fan <laughs> working in the background. But you know what? A gal got to do what she got to do. She got to stay cool. Otherwise, I don't want to be sweating behind the mic, just like, you know, breaking down some, some, uh, fight for y'all. You know what I mean? Cause like, especially when you get hype, like, ah, you know, the energy just kind of like exudes. And then like, you're like, blah, you know, like you don't want to, you don't want to keep sweating. Like that would, uh, that would make, add, add more complication to it. <laughs> oh, bro. I digress. I digress. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyways, I hope everybody has been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal week so far. Um, I feel like partially why we felt like this this week went by so fast was also because of some of the awesome events that we were able to witness over this past weekend. Okay, with uh, 
the wonderful UFC 275 that took place in Singapore. Um, I believe this was the first time that the UFC was having a pay-per-view event in uh, Singapore. And uh, it was awesome because um, I feel like the time difference was just enough for the fighters to, uh, you know, not feel too tired, but also for us living in like North American and such to, to not feel uh, a weird time difference either. So I actually checked and I think there was a 12 hour time difference between Eastern time and Singapore time. So it wasn't all that bad. I mean, it would it would have definitely sucked for the folks who had to fight on the preliminary or like the early preliminary or the preliminary card, because in that case, they would have had to actually wake up at probably like, I don't know, four in the morning or probably not even sleep overnight. And then like if you had a fight at six in the morning, I mean, of course, like you cannot just wake up 10 minutes before that and just like go into the cage and fight like you have to uh, be awake for a certain period of time. You can definitely not but you have to be awake for long awake for long enough to like warm up and like you know uh, keep your nerves under control maybe have a little snack and uh get your hands wrapped and whatnot um so (laughs) unfortunately it does take a little bit of a time but i feel like i mean you know coming from the perspective of a circadian scientist who is (laughs) hashtag self-plug self-marketing um you know i It's uh, definitely not the best for any professional fighter to be fighting well into midnight or doing like really high intensity physical activity past midnight, at least, which is what we often see when when fighters fight in like Las Vegas or somewhere in North America because they want to make sure that the fights are live just uh, uh, uh on time for everybody to sit down like go home go to bars or whatever over the weekends and like everybody's off work and stuff everybody actually has time at night to sit down and watch the fights and pay for the fights of course because like that's what they mainly care about i hate to break it to you that that's what they mainly care about um so you know what i feel like even to fight a little bit earlier in the day uh as far as the morning goes that's definitely still better better for the health of the fighters compared to if they were to fight way after midnight of course right and that just comes to common sense but anyways again i keep digressing today on the show but uh there's i the the reason i say that there is uh scientific reasoning behind it and uh it's because you know if a fighter okay sorry i have to go down this tangent man i have to i've started it i need to finish it as briefly as possible but also need to give the explanation to y'all so um think about it this way If we have fighter A, uh, who is used to waking up at eight in the morning and like, I don't know, going to bed at like 10 at night, this is, this is their sleep wake schedule. If a person is used to having a sleep wake schedule like that, and they're forced to go against the, the clock of their body, their, their physiological clock to push, literally push themselves to the absolute limit to be putting on absolutely intense physical performance way after midnight, 
I mean, you know, I don't have to explain much to you. There's so much that that goes on, like uh, behind the scenes, I guess, physiologically in this case, that uh, are, uh, you know, they're contributors to adverse uh, events happening in the body, especially if you keep doing it for the long term, which I'm not going to get into like too technically on TKO. But all I want you to know is, you know what, your rhythms matter, matter, especially your circadian rhythms and uh, in the case of the fighters if that is indeed like a typical day in the life of a fighter and they really do attempt that for their uh, fights to have to push themselves to their absolute limit for a fight that happens at midnight that is way after their their regular um uh like activity window during a day that is definitely not good right Man, this on a side note, this kind of got me thinking about starting a scientific podcast as well. Huh, maybe I will. I feel like the PhD is definitely getting to me. But oh, well, I love it so much. And I, of course, I love this show so much. But anyways, uh, anyways, that was like my little scientific spiel for the day. But uh, anyways, so yes, bottom line. The fights happened in Singapore. It was great. I feel like it definitely helped the fighters fight better. Okay. So, oh my goodness, y'all. I really hope that you were all able to catch up with the fights over the weekend, though, because I'm okay. So for the sake of time, I'm only going to reminisce uh, about the three final fights of the night for the main event of the evening. Starting, actually, I want to start with the Zhang Weili and Yoana Yanjajik fight because even, as much as I wanted to break it down on the show last week, unfortunately, uh, we ran out of time and uh, I was really sad because, honestly, this was one of the biggest fights that I was personally looking forward to anyways, too. But unfortunately, we ran out of time. But anyways, let's talk about it now, though. Okay, so um, Yoana Yanjajik... We know she was the second ever strawweight champion at the UFC. She, before she made her transition into professional MMA, she was a world Muay Thai champion. Fun fact, she got into Muay Thai not because she wanted to be a fighter. She got into Muay Thai because she wanted to be more physically fit. And then she kept training and training and training. She was super hardworking. She got into competitions. And lo and behold, she became the world Muay Thai champion. Once she became the world Muay Thai champion she saw her potential and then she got signed to the UFC and then she fought against Carla Esparza who was then the first ever woman champion in the strawweight division and then she got the title from her so Yoana Janjic was indeed a very dominant champion in the strawweight division I believe she had almost a 10 fight win streak for the for the uh, for her championship reign and uh, I guess on a personal note, when I started seriously watching MMA, this is like circa, when would it be? Gosh, I think like circa 2014, 2015. This was when I seriously, like I have not, when I tell you I've been seriously watching MMA from 2014, 2015, it means I have not missed a single event since then. So that's that's what I mean by that, by that time point. Um when I started watching MMA seriously around that time point, this was around the time that Yoana Janjajic was also um, starting to get to her prime. And then we all witnessed her prime and uh, how awesome of a fighter she was. So that was her. And then uh, what happened was that uh, Yoana Janjajic, she 
was fighting so good. And then, you know, naturally, uh, other fighters come to the top, rise to the top. And uh, in this case, we're talking about Rose Nama Yunus, who uh, was supposed to be fighting off against Yoana. Yoana thought, okay, you know what? I've been so dominant in my previous fights. Of course, I'm going to dominate over Rose Nama Yunus as well. Lo and behold, unfortunately, she lost. She totally underestimated Rose. And uh, that just kind of made things a little bit complicated for um, Yoana Young Jajek's uh, professional career. Because I feel like ever since that loss that she had, things just start to go downhill just a little bit for her because... You know, her obviously naturally, like her confidence was crushed. She was a champion for so long. Now she was defeated and she was defeated in a very, um, uh, you know, it wasn't like, oh, boom, like, you know, you're knocked out, like uh, you got knocked out and you lost the fight due to a fluke. No, no, no. Like it was a very tough fight for her. And um, in my opinion, anyways, I feel like she was outclassed in that in that first loss that she had against for uh, Rose Nama Yunus. And I believe that also at that at that point, that was her first ever professional loss in MMA. So that that made things a little bit tough for her. But nonetheless, this woman was just so perseverant. She kept fighting her way through the division. She would uh, she she didn't become the champion at the time um, again, but she would keep on fighting top contenders in the strawweight division. She would fight people like uh Aha, well here, like Zhang Weili. So Zhang Weili and Yuana actually had a had a fight before for their first fight and uh, that fight, oh boy. I would still highly recommend it to everyone to go and watch because yeah, even though not uh, I was gonna say Nama Yunus, excuse me, even though Yuana on Jacek lost that fight. This that fight, oh boy, you have to just go back and watch it. It was such a close fight. It was a beautiful and technical fights and at the end of the night there was just so much respect between the two ladies and it was just wonderful to watch um but speaking of that first fight between Yoana Yan Jacek and Zhang Weili let's uh stroll down memory lane about Zhang Weili a little bit for now so Zhang Weili she uh became the first ever Chinese um, UFC champion in her home country of China when she uh I believe uh, yeah, so she she won against Jessica Andrade, who was the champion at the time in the UFC. Because Je- uh, so <laughs> this goes like full on like karma mode, I guess, in the strawweight division. Because I'll tell you, if you can't follow up with this timeline that I'm about to give you right now, then good job. I'll I'll buy you a drink. Like shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'll buy you a drink. Anyways, <laughs> so when you wanna. Yon Jajic lost her belt to Rose Namajunas, then Rose Namajunas lost her belt to Jessica Andrade, then Jessica Andrade fought Zhang Weili in China, and then Zhang Weili beat Jessica Andrade for the belt, and she became the, the champion in her home country of China. So that's how the timeline went. And I bet after after the timeline that I just explained, I mean, I thought it, I was going to make it somehow so much more complicated, but probably so many people are now just going to like slide into my DMs, be like, Janan, where's my free drink? Anyways, ah, anyways. So, yeah, that's that was uh, Zhang Weili's uh, journey. So Zhang was doing so good. <laughs> she was doing so good. And she's just oh, she's just phenomenal. She is such a well-rounded MMA fighter. She has phenomenal striking abilities as well as wrestling and 
if you watch footage of her training camp, you'll just be shook. That's that's how uh, hard of a or rather, that's how how hardworking of a fighter Zhang Weili is. And you know what? You don't really even have to just watch her fights. You, you just just watch her training footage and see how much even like how how much more effort she puts into it than anyone else. And then it's like honestly like even right now as i'm just thinking about it i'm just left speechless because it just makes you think like is john whaley like superhuman or something because some of the stuff that you see her do in training camp is just unbelievable okay so as i was saying earlier speaking of the karma in the strawweight division what happened was was that john whaley was now defeated by rose namayunas <laughs> who lost the belts like two fighters before Jean Willy. Anyways, if you can if you can follow up with the timeline again here. So Jean Willy lost her belts. And then what happened was uh was that Jean Willy re- fought Rose Namayunas again for the second time in order to get the belts again for herself. She lost again. Okay. Now uh Rose Namayunas lost her belts to Carla Esparza, the current champion. And Carla Esparza happens to be the person who was the first ever champion at the strawweight division at the UFC. And she happens to be the person who lost her belt. <laughs> Ready for this? Here's the here's the punchline. Carla Esparza was the person who lost her belt to Joanna Janjajic back in the day. Boom! Okay, there goes the the full circle for you and the and the <laughs> for the women's strawweight division. I hope you were able to follow that timeline um i would repeat it if if uh we didn't have a limitation in time but anyways so now i hope that you get the full picture but uh what yoana and zhang wei li shared in that case was first of all there were former strawweight champions second of all they had fought each other once before that and their performance was just so phenomenal. It was uh, up there to be nominated for the fight of the year. That's how good that fight was. Right. So now this past Saturday, they fought for the second time um, just as a regular uh, women's strawberry bow. Excuse me. And um, that fight, too, was also so incredible to the extent that it was actually awarded performance of the night because what happened was was that <laughs> Zhang Weili, she... Okay, so first of all, I have to give credit to both ladies here. Phenomenal um, uh, first few minutes of the fight. feel like it was very nice, and uh, both ladies tried their best to fight very smart, but what happened was that Zhang Weili, she seized an immediate opportunity to throw a uh, spinning back fist towards... Uh, Joanna Janjajek, and then she was able to knock out Joanna Janjajek cold to the canvas, and uh, she won that fight. Again, she won that second fight, so she's two and zero in the in the face-off that she's had against Joanna uh, Janjajek so far. It was an amazing, amazing performance. But also, what happened after that really shook the MMA community, um, and that was that Joanna Janjajek she. First of all, she was super emotional after this loss, but also super grateful for everything. And um, she took off her gloves and she left them in the cage and she officially retired herself. Um, and I would like to use this platform to say 
a huge thank you to Yona Young Jacek for number one, uh, just just being such a huge inspiration for all women and girls across the world and for just, you know, just being an awesome individual and being a phenomenal fighter. And uh, she will always be among those um, uh, in, in the list of pioneer women fighters in the UFC who made women's MMA uh, what it is today so a huge shout out to Joanna Young Jacek for her amazing accomplishments and awesome contra- uh, contributions to the, to the field of women's MMA and uh, honestly all the best to her she did say that she wants to you know just take some time off become a mom and you know just focus on life and good for her honestly I'm so happy for her um, I feel like she's accomplished a lot so far I mean you know not even if you don't just look at her MMA career just look at her Muay Thai uh, record as well like come on man like this this woman is a true warrior and she's done so much in her in her combat sports career so far so kudos to her and all the best to you on a young Jacek and also um, things are looking very exciting for Zhang Wei Li uh, one cannot help but think okay what's what's next for her I think a title shot is definitely next for uh, Zhang Weili she just deserves it she deserves it more than anyone else uh, I'm not sure if Rose Namajunas is gonna be getting an, an rematch against Carla Esparza because uh, the decision was a little bit controversial in that fight uh, against Rose and Carla Esparza so who knows maybe the next fight for the title is going to be the rematch between those two ladies but I think Zhang Weili is indeed the rightful challenger to the straw weight belts right now I really hope that the matchmakers actually uh, uh, make make consideration of that but anyways that was an amazing fight and uh, I just really wanted to dedicate more time to it today to talk about it since we didn't get to talk about it at all unfortunately last weekend not not weekend ha, last week but speaking of awesome women fighters oh boy so for the co-main event we have Valentina Shevchenko the f- women's flyweight champion fighting off against Tyler Santos the amazing challenger boy oh boy oh boy so this was a very interesting fight it was a very close fight um you you could argue that the fight could have gone either way and that um valentina shevchenko you know she's an awesome striker she too also comes from a very strong muay thai background before her mma career she was also a world muay thai champion uh, actually on a side note i believe she at some point was training with yoana young jajek and and muay thai but um or maybe they even faced off against one another at some point don't quote me on this but I, I I do know that there was a connection there in terms of Muay Thai but yeah so Valentina Shevchenko she comes from such a strong striking background and uh Tyler Santos was smart because she obviously knew that beforehand I mean she didn't have to spend too much time analyzing data that Valentin Shevchenko was giving to her in that fight she didn't, she, didn't, she didn't need to do that she already knew that right so what she did was the exact thing that you should be doing against a striker you should never ever try to stand in front of a striker and try to outstrike the striker because you're going to be in deep trouble so what Tyler Santos did was that she tried to shoot for as many takedowns as possible to try to neutralize the striking of Valentin Shevchenko and you know what that was 
was actually very effective because I feel like as uh, well-rounded of a MMA fighter that Valentina Shevchenko is, you know, you can... You can only do so much all at the same time. I feel like she really tried her best to defend against those takedowns. But um, again, there's only so much you can do, right? Like, especially if the pressure is just constant and the key, the, the takedowns keep on coming. And um, Tyler did a wonderful job of uh, putting on amazing wrestling performance and trying to neutralize Valentina Shevchenko's uh, fighting style that way. So because of that, you know, the, the, the judges kind of had a mixed feeling about how to score this fight. That's why the fight was um, uh, given to Valentina Shevchenko threw a split decision which was a little bit controversial to some uh that's why I said in the beginning like the fight honestly could have gone either way it was only a matter of one fighter giving it to Tyler Santos which they could have I mean who knows if if there was a different mix of uh judges and and just sitting there trying to score the fight that could have possibly happened but ah you know it was just a little bit mm, Right. So I also for this fight, I do see it potentially uh, going to a rematch because of how close it was. But honestly, I, I, I don't think anybody would mind watching that fight again uh, between the two ladies because both are so incredibly talented and uh, they definitely know how to put on a great performance. So shout out to both ladies and congratulations to Valentina Shevchenko for being able to maintain her title and to uh, still keep on ruling the flyweight division. But now, uh, last but not least, let's uh, briefly talk about the main event of the evening. Oh, goodness. So the light heavyweight championship bout between Glover Glover Teixeira and... um, Harry Prochaska. So I actually, I, I apologize to Prochaska because I would uh, mispronounce his first name. It's actually Harry. Um, so what happened was that uh, Glover, this fight too was also very incredibly close. Uh, Prochaska comes from a very strong uh, I was going to say wrestling, excuse me. I was going to say striking background. He has the power shots that could easily knock you out uh, and he attempted those against Glover Teixeira but Glover Teixeira as a champion he took those uh, punches so well and he actually kept on coming forward with more shots of his own so the fight was incredibly close there were also many takedowns and I would say it was just like a really good mix of anything that I could possibly witness in an MMA fight it was a great fight Again, um, it was super close. Uh, it did it did last the full five rounds, but uh, if it were to go to decision, it could have been a split decision win for either guy again. Um, but uh, what happened was that <laughs> there was only 30 seconds left until the whole fight was done after five rounds of five-minute rounds. Uh, What did I say? Five rounds? Yeah, five-minute rounds. Okay, anyways, I thought I messed up the grammar somewhere there. But uh, that happened, and 30 seconds left, Glover Teixeira was submitted. He was just, I mean, I don't blame him. That was such a tough fight. Like, both guys, they were really just pushing themselves beyond their limits. And 
honestly, I don't blame anyone for anything that happens, but it was just really unfortunate. It literally just slipped out of his hands. The, the, the title just slipped out of his hands that way. Um, he was super emotional. But here we are and new, everyone. We have Harry Prochaska being the new heavyweight, excuse me, light heavyweight champion. And there's so much potential for him in this division now. I do see a potential fight between him and the former light heavyweight champion, Jan Blakovich. So that, that fight will actually be really fun. And uh, I feel like at the same time, we do have to give credit to Glover Teixeira, though, being uh, uh, the oldest ever champion in the UFC. And he became the champion after 10 full years of fighting in the UFC. And... Even though he lost this past fight, that doesn't take anything away from how amazing of a fighter he is. And he's been over the years. So shout out to him as well. Ooh, I was going to talk about the UFC fight nights for this weekend. But I guess we'll talk about them next week because we're almost out of time. So I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to be having for this week. Y'all, make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. You can also go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts to download our uh, previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl, Janot, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.